That song uh, was written by a band called The Fray. And uh, you may notice that particular chorus that was taken from the Bible, Be Still and Know That I Am God. You know, we miss moments, don't we, in our life? I mean, God provides these sovereign kind of special moments that come big and small, different times, and we're often not prepared for them when they hit. And so it's very easy, like what we were seeing tonight, how people can end up feeling like, man, I just missed it. I missed it. And yet God is so great in that he keeps bringing various kind of experiences and events and moments into our life that call us to himself. Not in like the thunder and the lightning and the bigness, but it's often in a still, small voice, a whisper of the Holy Spirit, the power that's in that whisper. We, many of us, love the Northwest. We live here because we love it. And we have all experienced those moments, haven't we, when maybe you were outside, outdoors, you're a hunter, I don't know what you're doing at 4 a.m., but you're up at 4 a.m. and you're in the stand and you're waiting and there's that moment that happens. Or maybe you're a hiker. I get that a little better. And you're out on a vista and you're looking out over just this amazing view. Or you're a camper and you wake up in the morning to make coffee for everybody and you're the first one up. And, And out of the woods comes that meandering moose or soaring by that eagle and Or that sunrise that hits you and it dazzles your eyes and you're like, man, I wish others were here to experience this with me. But God gave you that special kind of moment to renew and refresh your soul and just to experience a little of his presence. Maybe you've seen the commercial on TV, the kid with the iPhone. He's on his iPhone the whole time. He's around all of his family members. Everybody's experiencing Christmas except for apparently him until you get to the end of the commercial and then he surprises everyone. You know which one I'm talking about? All right, let's watch it together. You sound so interested. I'm not selling Apple or anything, okay? (laughs) Uh, I just like that commercial because 
It just shows this kid, you know, everybody thinks he's not paying attention. Everybody thinks he's all absorbed with his little technology gadget. And then at the end, he just shocks everybody because he took in all of the moments and he shared them with everybody else. I've had a couple of special moments myself during the holidays. Um, I've been watching a lot of one particular show. Maybe some of you know it. It's called Charlie Brown's Christmas. And I've watched it over and over and over again. And it's not, I'm not watching it so many times because I don't get the plot. It's not like I'm not watching it because I haven't seen it a million times. I have. It's just that I have a couple grandkids. And they like this show, you know. And their attention span is about 10 minutes. And so we can sit down and we can watch it. And sometimes we'll just sit on the couch and, and I'll grab one of them. And we'll curl up under a blanket and we'll bring Snoopy with us. And we'll just kind of watch Charlie Brown Christmas until Snoopy makes his appearance. And then Grant will go, Noopy, Noopy. And then it's like, show's over after Noopy comes. But, you know, I just don't want to miss those moments because they're precious, aren't they? And we all know because you all have those in your own life. There are those big moments and those small moments that come. And I can't think of a larger moment that has ever hit this planet except for the very first Christmas. The very first time that when, when, G, when Jesus came to this earth, when God decided in and of his own will that he would send his only dearly loved son to this earth. The Bible tells us when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman to redeem so that we might receive adoption as sons. When just the right moment in human history, when things were at its darkest, when we needed God more than ever before, God sent his one and only son to this earth, born of a virgin woman, to display his miraculous power through that event in order to redeem us, that we might become his dearly loved sons and daughters. I can't think of a bigger moment than that. And yet, how good news that was. That that was the most amazing news that ever hit the planet. And yet, so many people missed out on that particular moment. Big moment. I mean, like, how could you miss it kind of a moment? And yet, people were busy, weren't they? They were busy then, just like we are now. We think we're busy. We think they had no problems. They had issues. They had problems. I mean, Rome was oppressive and they were extracting money, taxes out of, out of the people and, and people had to travel and it was, it, was, it was a big issue. Let's read about it in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, the, the, uh, the account of the first Christmas. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the very first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria And all went to be registered, each to his own town. See, everyone had been ordered by Caesar Augustus to go to their ancestral town in order to register or take part of a census so that they could be accounted for, so they could receive a nice fat tax bill at the end of the year, every year. And and so they had to kind of take in all, you know, cash in all their vacation time, use personal funds, kind of use the the family camel and travel out of their way under this stress and under this pressure. It wasn't like a fun vacation. It was to go register in order for the government to get more of their money. It was a bad time. And yet, that's what they had to do. 
And when, they, when, when Mary and Joseph, along with thousands of others who entered into the little town of Bethlehem to register for this particular tax, every motel had been booked because people were on Expedia. No, every hotel was booked because people were out looking out for number one and they were showing up as early as they could in order to meet the end of the year deadline. And Joseph, it says in verse 4, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and then wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and then laid him in a manger, because there was no place for for them in the inn. Thousands of people hustling and bustling, moving, going to Bethlehem in order to register. Jesus is born amongst thousands of people around. And yet only a few really were able to take it in. Only a few were really able to share that moment, to experience that. God was doing the biggest thing he had ever done to planet Earth. It was right under the noses of people and people... We're so busy, so, so stressed, so scrambling around that so many of them missed out. We, we suffer from what psychologists uh, call hurry sickness today. Maybe you've heard of it, hurry sickness. And, and we worship speed. I don't know why, but we do. And there was a spiritual survey taken uh, asking this particular question. Maybe you can just ask it of yourself tonight. What is it that keeps you from knowing God? What is it that keeps you from growing in your spiritual walk with God? What's the primary barrier? Well, let me share with you the results from this particular survey was that people said the number one thing was they didn't have enough time. Just too much busyness, too much of a hurry to spend the time it would take to get to know God. Now, what's that about? I mean, I just want to level the playing field tonight if we can. I just thought it would be a great moment tonight just to do a mass confession. Can we do that of hurry sickness? If you think maybe you might suffer from that epidemic, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand publicly in front of all these people. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Keep them down. That's what I'm talking about. Here, what, 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 I, want, what I want to do is first explain it. And you're going, come on, Mike, come on, hurry up. I know where you're going with this. But just humor me, okay? It's Christmas. If you suffer from this disease, you'll find yourself feeling there are just not enough hours in the day, right? You're a chronic multitasker, and you try to cram as much stuff into your schedule as possible in order to gain one second's edge. Or maybe you're a person, you own a computer, and your computer's a great computer. I mean, until you find out your friend has a computer that's the later, greater model, that operates faster, you know, like two to three seconds faster, surfing the web, accessing files, and all of a sudden you look at yours and you just go, man, that's a piece of junk. You ever feel that way? Or, or maybe you take your date out to a nice romantic date at this restaurant at 6 p.m. There's a lot of people in line. And instead of parking and then walking in slowly, holding hands, 
You pull up to the front door and you kick her out, right? You go, go get our place in line. We want to beat out anyone who's stupid enough to take their time and slowly walk in together holding hands. Or maybe, maybe it goes this way. You know, you're, you have this disease and you're, you're in the grocery store. There are two lines to get in, right? And what do you do? You calculate. You look at how many people are in each line and then you calculate and multiply up the number of things in each person's cart. And then you look at the, the cashier and you decide how old are they? <laughs> What's their IQ? How aggressive are they, you know? And I mean, if you're sick, if you're really sick, then when you get into line A, you keep track of the person who would have been you in line B, right? And if you watch them all along the way, and if they make it out of the store before you, you're depressed for two hours. Why? Because you lost this weird, sick game. Now, now... Now that you know what it is, how many of you think you might, you might just have a little bit of that, that you're suffering from that hurry sickness? No, just keep your hands up. Look around. Look around. People, this is a sick church. It's sick. I, I don't know what it is with us. I certainly have a tough time living in the moment, loving God, knowing God, caring for people, and just... It just seems to elude us. The writer of Psalm 90 said it this way, Teach me, God, to number my days so that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me to number my days. You know what that's saying? Help me just recognize life is limited. There are a limited amount of these moments and these experiences that God brings into my life, and I don't want to squander them. I don't want to waste them. I don't want to miss them. I don't want to be so caught up in my own world that I forget to look around. Because children grow up, don't they? And life goes by. And God waits. And God invites us to know Him. We don't, we, don't, we don't know how to number our days. I don't know why. Most people have great intentions. Great intentions to know God. Great intentions to have a great family. Most people I know have great intentions to lead the right kind of life. And yet we find ourselves missing it because... We're in such a hurry doing who knows what. I mean, here's the deal. God is still birthing new things. God is still doing new things. He wants to do something new in your life today, tonight. He wants this new year that we're looking at. He wants to do some new things in that new year in your life. Sure, Jesus was born in a stable 2,000 years ago. He's also being born again, in people's lives, even tonight. Because he's up to stuff. He's doing things in us. He's not done with us. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We all have blown it. We've all gone our own way. Let's be honest. I mean, we've all have selfish desires. We all have hurt other people. We've all have lied. We all have lived as, as though we didn't need God. And our sins have separated us from a holy God. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all missed it. See, sin, really, if you look at that word, it means missing the mark. That we've all missed it in one way or another. We've all missed the mark of God's holiness and his perfection. And yet the great thing is that God wasn't content to leave it that way. And he didn't say, hey, just work really hard and try and be a really good person. 
and do a lot of things for other people, and then maybe I'll open up heaven to you. I mean, God didn't, God didn't do it that way. He said, no, you can't make it to me. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to send my one and only son, the only sinless person that has ever lived. He came here. He was born as a human being, God's one and only son, and then he died on a cross, a brutal death, taking on the penalty of all of our sin placed upon him that we might be called friends of God. See, he paid the penalty that was due me. God himself took it on Jesus. I love that. I mean, it's sad. It's, I can't imagine it. I can't fathom it. But that's the kind of God that we have, a God that loves us, a God that forgives us, a God that calls us to a new birth, a God that wants to work in your life tonight to give you eternal life. And Christmas 2013 can be either one of two things, just a deal you came to for an hour, went home, forgot it, or it can be a moment in time, a time and a place where you met with God and God met with you, where you surrendered the controls of your life to a God who loves you, a God who made you, a God who calls you into relationship because his spirit is at work in you and me. I love the shepherds. I love the shepherds because they're just normal, ordinary, kind of down-to-earth people. They're just Walmart target kind of people. They had no college degrees on the wall, no stock portfolios. They were just ordinary people, and yet they were living this life where they were aware of God's presence in those sacred moments. Matter of fact, God chose them to experience the power of a whisper, a power of a moment. In Luke 2, verse 8, in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And then the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, the, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them uh, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen as it had been told them. The shepherds, they were listening. They were living out these kind of God-given moments in their life, and the shepherds didn't miss it, but the innkeeper did. You see, it's a choice for every one of us. It's a choice whether we're going to miss it or whether we're going to kind of experience God in the moments that he brings us in our life. He wants every single one of us to know him. God's heart and his will and his desire is for every person to know him, love him, live in his will, be forgiven, experience grace, 
and capture those sovereign, sacred moments that he brings in our life. Faith in the Son of God, that's where it starts. No matter, no matter where you are, uh, whether you're here, maybe just considering the claims of Christ, or whether you've been walking with God for 30 years, the Holy Spirit continues to say this with your name on it. I love you, and I want you to walk with me and experience my presence in your life. Experiencing the presence of God every moment, every day. That is God's will for you, his desire for you. That's what he wants for us this Christmas. I love what Jesus, listen to these words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. Picture Jesus saying this to you, or ask, it's actually a question. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What a great invitation by our God. Jesus inviting us that if we're tired and burned out and worn out and disappointed and in just dead religion, that he calls us into a relationship with himself to know him and experience him, not just once, but every day we wake up, we have that opportunity to walk in his presence in a new day. See, this Christmas, God is whispering. He's not shouting. If you're looking for a shout, you're looking for a big, a big light show, a display, God's not doing that. He's whispering through the power of his Holy Spirit into our lives. And we just have to be attentive to that. He says, look into the stable. Look into the feed trough. And what you'll find is the power of a whisper, this little infant child, the Son of God, His great love for us. People missed it back then. People can miss it today. But tonight I'm asking you to just slow down. Listen to your heart. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Quit making faith so complicated. Just embrace what God did for you by coming to this earth, being born in a manger. And embrace what God did through Jesus when he hung on the cross and died for you. And just say yes to God. It's that simple. Just to embrace what God has done. And I love this verse in Psalm 46.10, which says, just be still and know that I am God. This Christmas, wouldn't it be great if nobody missed it? If nobody missed it, if nobody let, missed out on God's goodness, if nobody missed out on God's forgiveness, if every one of us experienced those special moments with friends and family, and that all of us knew deep within our heart as we stilled ourselves that God is awesome. He is God. And he calls us into that relationship. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? God, we thank you for Christmas 2013, that we look back at that very first Christmas and see that you loved us so much. You didn't just wait for us to try and find our way to you. You came to us in the form of an infant child, human flesh, Sinless perfection, 
And then as Jesus lived out his life, he went to that cross willingly dying for all of our moral failings, paying the penalty of our sin and opening up for us a whole new avenue and path of friendship with God to live eternally with him. And just in this moment, friend, maybe you were brought here by a friend or family member, but just in this moment, it's a sacred moment because we're all going to get in our cars in a few minutes and drive away. But in this very moment, God is speaking to you and saying, I made you. I love you. I brought you here tonight to remind you that. And I don't want you to live one more moment without me in your life. I don't want you to live one more moment just trying to carve out your own way. Died on the cross for you. And I love you. And friend, if that resonates in your heart and you just want to invite Christ and say yes to him and let him into your heart, let him forgive your sins and let him be the leader and the Lord of your life. Would you just open your heart to him right now in this moment and just say yes to him? Yes, God. Yes. I surrender to you. I want to know you. I invite you to forgive me. I need that. I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. And Lord, I'm asking that you fill me with the power of your spirit, that I can hear the whispers of your spirit, and that I can live each and every moment in your presence. In all the muck and mire of my own life, the stressors that are there, that are waiting for me next week, Lord, I want you to lead and guide the way. Lord, we thank you for that and for the decisions of faith that are being made tonight, Lord. Because if you made that decision and if you prayed that prayer and you've invited him in, he's at work in you in a powerful way tonight, changing you from the inside out a moment in time. Lord, we invite you. Lord, would you continue to work in us, each one of us, showing us how we can live in your presence all the time, all the time, by way of the Spirit. We open our hearts to that. We celebrate you tonight, Jesus. We want your name to be famous. We ask this through the power of the Son of God. Amen.